Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and we said welcome to Mayhem last week, but now it's just even more official. This episode is coming out on Thursday, May 11th, and it is in the thick of conference tournaments, and I can finally say that the Pac-12 is a part of it, so I am here in Tucson in the hotel for the first ever Pac-12 conference softball tournament. I am super excited about this one. So however you got here today, audio podcast platform like Apple, Spotify, etc., or watching on YouTube, thank you. Subscribe and rate if you haven't yet. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. You can click the link in our bio on either page or go to shop.believe.com to purchase merch. Three shirts available for you, covering our bases, safer out, and catch you soon. Some of our favorite segments. All right, let's go through today's batting order. First, we'll be covering our bases to give you some news and call-outs from around the softball world. Then we'll head into today's interview with Melissa Lombardi. She's the Oregon head coach in her fifth season, and I had a chance to talk with her at the end of the regular season, before this tournament. So it's going to be super interesting. Then we'll end things with the foul tip of the week, where we share tips to help us get better. All right, let's get started. Covering our bases. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Where the game starts for us today. First, Athletes Unlimited had their college softball draft earlier this week. It feels like it was a longer amount of time ago, just with everything that's happening with the conference tournaments and in college softball specifically. But, you know, here we are. Just want to say firstly, congrats to last week's guest, Jordan Rudd, Northwestern catcher, for being drafted again. The back-to-back Big Ten champ also made the Big Ten all-defensive team. Now that she's been drafted by both Women's Pro Fast Pitch, the WPF, and Athletes Unlimited, AU, it's a little bit of a two-sided thing, right? It's like, it's a tough decision you have to make because the seasons do overlap. So it would be nice to have, in some ways, a centralized, established league like the NWSL for soccer. But at the same time, it's also pretty cool to have options and options in the U.S., in the U.S. where you can play pro softball. So I'm going to support and cover both. We got you here on Believe in Softball. But also, not only was a mid-major player drafted, but also the first pick announced. So obviously, Athletes Unlimited, it's different than the standard draft because the order doesn't really affect specific teams. There aren't specific teams that already exist. They still have yet to be established, and it'll change every week. So each player is basically their own entity in that way. But to hear Wichita State's Sydney McKinney's name first... When she's been first in the nation in batting average, I do think that that represents growth and is a pretty cool thing to have witnessed. 
Then also keep in mind, only one outfielder was drafted too, Yanni Acuna from ASU. And initially my gut reaction was like, wow, you know, the outfield's getting shafted a little bit because potentially versatility being even more important in AU because, you know, you have to find a way to get in the lineup. It changes all the time. But also I think it's really the main reason is because it's about what's needed. You know, a lot of outfielders are already signed and planning to return to AU. So what they're doing is they're filling the gaps that they need in the league. This is no different than college recruiting, right? Like it depends on what the programs need. So there is a little bit of luck and just timing that goes into it as well. And I do think this is a good reminder because we all obviously want to work hard to try to improve our luck, but nothing is guaranteed in sports and life, whatever. So you really just have to let things play out sometimes. And speaking of letting things play out, second is the end of the regular season for college softball. It got us ready for postseason. Let's just say that the Pac-12 had a crazy finish. UCLA was just chilling at the top with a bye weekend. But also the only other set placement in the Pac-12, one through nine, was number six, which was Cal. So everything else was down to the last day. Washington, Stanford, Utah, and Oregon all fighting for somewhere between two and fifth right? And then Oregon State, Arizona, and ASU trying to fight between 7th and ninth. So it was pretty insane. And the thing is, also not only for the final standings, but for the tournament seeds. So it made it a little extra interesting on top of it. Baylor also in the Big 12 finished with a sweep of Texas. Literally brought the brooms out onto the field afterwards. I don't know how I would feel if I was on the receiving end of that. If you're on the, the active end of that, I feel like, okay, that's probably pretty cool. But remember, this is also the only team to have beat OU in the regular season. OU being shut out also, by the way, at one point this past weekend would have been the first time since 2019. But in true Sooner fashion, they ended up scoring four runs at the end to get the win. And then, of course, walked away with the sweep. Yes, the Big 12 championship for the regular season wasn't really up for grabs. OU had already sealed the deal, but it's still bedlam. You know, this is still a rivalry and it still means something. So still very interesting. And I think this is why conference tournaments coming right after that is so interesting. We talk all the time about peaking at the right time, playing your best softball when it matters most. This is the start of that before the NCAA tournament. What you did in the regular season doesn't matter anymore. Like, sure, it might have mattered in terms of seedings and placement and things like that. But now it's just anything can happen. We see it in the postseason every single year, the quote-unquote upsets or the surprises. This is why I think that All-Americans shouldn't be named until after the NCAA tournament, to be honest. Obviously, I know there are marketing and media purposes for doing it sooner. You want to know, like, hey, who am I watching, especially for the new fans? What have they done and what can I expect from them? But I like to see how people actually play, you know, when the pressure is at its highest, not how we think they'll play physically, mentally, emotionally. So I I think that that matters. The other thing that matters is leadership. And Senior Day happened across the country the last couple weeks. It's still happening a little bit. And I got to participate in one this past weekend in Palo Alto. So Stanford hosted Washington. I actually called the game on Pac-12 Network. It was a top 10 game. That meant a lot for the conference finish and the tournament seating. Like I said, the conference was really up in the air until the very last second. But also on a personal side, It was the first class who I've actually covered their entire career. The fourth year, true seniors, yes, but especially the fifth years. And in this case for Stanford, it's Taylor Gindelsberger, Emily Schultz, and Emily Young. Because when I first came back 
to call games at Stanford in 2019 after having had a little bit of a break. It was their freshman year. And now they went through COVID and everything else in the meantime. And here they are getting their master's degrees. So it was really special. And, and I did get to go to the team barbecue after and, and just see the love from their teammates, their coaches, their families. And I think it was a good reminder, too, of, of what matters most. And that's largely off the field. I think it's a good reminder right before all the craziness that is mayhem as well. Because, you know, I remember my senior day. It happened to be against Washington, too. We did win, by the way, for the record. But it was the last series that we were playing before the NCAA tournament. And at that point, we knew we likely wouldn't be hosting regionals, which my senior year was the only time we didn't, actually. And so we knew that this could be the last time you're truly playing on this field, on our field. And I still remember the last out. You know, I was playing first base and fly ball was hit to left field. One of the freshmen who was playing out there, she caught it. And that's when I knew, like, okay, this part is over. But it was also weird because this, it's this middle ground where – but postseason is coming, and there's still so much and arguably the biggest things to still tackle. So I feel for all the seniors who are experiencing this, um, and I'm sending good vibes as they try to finish the job this season. Then to bring it home, my broadcast schedule. So like I said, I'm here at the inaugural Pac-12 softball tournament. You can find the bracket at pac-12.com. You can search for the softball tournament, or you can literally just do backslash 2023-pack-12-softball-tournament, and it'll take you straight there. I am doing radio coverage for Stanford Athletics. So the first game for me is today, the day this is coming out, Thursday, May 11th, 6.30 p.m. Pacific time versus Oregon. That's obviously assuming that everything stays on time. So check for updates for the games that are happening before, if there are any delays, etc. But that's the plan. Single elimination. So, so we'll see what happens from there, but one game at a time at this point. And someone else who's here in Tucson and will obviously be at that game too is today's guest. So let's head into the interview. She is the Oregon head coach, four-time member of the National Coaching Staff of the Year as an assistant and associate head coach at Oklahoma, and former all-conference catcher for the Sooners, Melissa Lombardi. Coach, I'm really excited to have you. Well, thanks for having me, Jenna. I mean, it's been fun watching not only your team version five this year and your fifth season, which is hard to believe, but also your staff um, and everybody and just what you've done over the last few years. I actually, I'm pretty sure I played high school ball against your hitting coach, Sam Martyr, when she was at Calabasas, fun fact. (laughs) I know. I think it's just such a small world. We're all connected some way, somehow. Yeah, that was back in, in my pitching days too. I'm sure she hit a home run off me at some point. I'll just assume. I think it's safe. (laughs) But again, it's been fun to see what you guys are all building um, up there in Eugene. And the thing that I've always thought is cool from your background, too, is that you were a catcher as a player. And for a long time in your career, you've also been that coach that works with the entire bullpen, the catchers and the pitchers. What do you think is special about catchers who are able to do that later in their careers? I think one, it just, it, it brings a different perspective. Um, it, it's a lot of hard work. I mean, I've had to, I, the mentors that I've had over the years and the research that I've had to do to be able to, um, you know, be a former catcher, but then also to be able to help our pitchers and teach them different pitches and be able to help them with adjustments, you know, if they're struggling with something. So it's, it's a lot, it's a, it's a, it's a lot but it's, it's totally worth it. And it's my favorite thing to do. I love being in the bullpen with our pitchers and catchers. And um, 
it's just, this is a really good group. Yeah. Well, and I've, I've always felt, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here, or maybe even preaching to the preacher that catchers are just underrated with what they're able to do and not only for the team, but for the pitching staff. And so to see that translate from actually playing on the field to obviously coaching to me is it's really important that we point those things out. But the other cool part about the PAC 12 too, is that you are all female head coaches in the conference, which is pretty, pretty awesome. And a lot of the coaches are alums at their alma maters too. You know what that's like having been at Oklahoma for a Mm -hmm. long time on the coaching staff, but now you also have your obviously team that you are leading for these last several years at Oregon. Does that sort of representation of women from our game have an impact on you all as coaches? I think so. I I think it, for me, I'm all about women empowering women. You know, I think we as women should be lifting each other up um, and, and not tearing each other down. And so to look in our conference and see that every head coach is a woman. Um, I think we all celebrate that, you know, in order to play soft, you know, it's, it's a female sport. So to be able to see females at the head uh, position, I, I think has been great for the pack. Uh, our athletes, you know, there, there's so many things that we want to teach and guide them along the way with when it comes to softball in school, but then I just think in life, um, there's so many things that we want to we want to teach them and guide them along the way as well. So I just think as female, we have females, we have that intuition, and you know, I know when something maybe feels a little off with our group, I, I want to dig in a little deeper and find out what's going on, and and to be able to get things right um, with them, and for us to really, um, I want our athletes to really. Um, be excited for each other. You know, sometimes we get so caught up in what we're doing, we're missing out uh, with what's all around us. And so I think it's really important that we celebrate each other and, and really get caught up in what the other is doing. Well, I've seen a lot of that happen at the Jane. And I have yet to be at the Jane, but it just seems like an incredible experience. It was built after my time playing in the pack. So I'm aging myself there a little bit, but it just looks like such an awesome place to play. I love it. Um, Jane Sanders Stadium is the best. Um, I think of the Sanders family, um, Bob Sanders, and uh, I think of his daughter, Molly Sanders, and and the commitment that they made um, to our program. It's, I, I feel like I am a professional coach that coaches at a professional stadium and coaches professional athletes. I mean, that's just what it feels like being here, and I, I love it. It's such a, a beautiful stadium. Our fans are unbelievable. Um, I really just couldn't ask for anything more. The fan base is incredible. And I will say the professional, the level of professionalism, I feel like from observe, just observation from the outside, it goes down to the little things. Like I tell people all the time, I remember going to Oregon and it was raining and we didn't think like, oh, there's no way we'll be able to play today. You know, like there's no way. And then they bring out this like fire breathing tool on the field and dry up the field. And we were able to play that day. And I think I want to say it was Carissa Hovengay who I had an alum on the show who said it they called it the dragon or something like that. But I was just very impressed. Yes, the dragon. Um, when I first got here, people would ask me, like other coaches, like, have you seen the dragon? And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And actually, when I right after I got here, they, they took apart the dragon and retired it. 
And then um, these last couple years, they have these little red dragons that are, they're smaller than the original um, that they'll use. And it's just, it's this um, contraption that has fire, you know, fire flames coming out of it. And that's what they use to dry the field. So I think our field crew is great. Um, You know, with the weather here, sometimes you don't know what you're going to get, but usually if it's raining a little bit right now, that means it'll clear up and be great for, you know, just in time for the game. But I I, um, appreciate our grounds crew and what they do for us. They're excellent. Unsung heroes for sure. Just in softball in general. And also I'm always impressed by the fans too, because they know what they're doing. They like, I'll see the Oregon branded rain, like covers that they got on the raincoats, all that stuff. And they're like ready to go. So I love it. Yeah. Rain or shine. They're here. They are great fans and we're so thankful for them. Well, speaking of branded Oregon things, obviously Oregon just as an entire athletic department has some of the coolest equipment and uniforms with the Nike connection and everything. Mm -hmm. There's so many options, including for the softball team. What's your favorite uniform? I have to know. Oh gosh. It's kind of, it's, it's funny because when I first got here, the all white was my absolute favorite. And then the next day they would walk out with a different one. I'm like, Oh, that's my favorite. And then the next day it would be something else. I'm like, no, that's my favorite. So Honestly, I, I love all of them. I think our uniforms are really, really cool looking. Um, they're just so Oregon. You know, I don't think you see anything like our uniforms. Um, I would tell you probably my my most favorite thing about our uniforms are our jersey numbers. Like I like how big the jersey numbers are on the back. So I would say that's probably my favorite part of the uniform. Those are cool. I have always liked the font or the script that you mm-hmm. that you all have. The the feathers on the helmet are pretty awesome too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, big fan of those. Definitely. Yeah, I actually have to even say I think the all greens have grown on me even not as somebody I mean, green's my favorite color. So I'll throw Mm -hmm. that out there. But as someone who didn't wear green, like competitively, really, I don't think ever, I am starting to be a fan of the all greens. Yeah, no, I I think um, all of our uniforms are really cool looking and just having um, that relationship that we have with Nike. It's, it's amazing. I uh, one thing that I, I always say is that um, just what um, coming on campus and um, the, th- the things that I've been, um, I don't know, just um, like typical things that happen every day here. It's just it's just different. It's just different. It's like only at Oregon, you know, is Nike on campus every other day. So it's there's some there's some cool opportunities, I think, for our athletes to be student athletes here and to get their degree here and to play softball here. Um, unbelievable experience, but I just think the other things that they are exposed to, um, I just think only at Oregon. So it's pretty cool. It is because that translates to off the field things as well. And that's like you said earlier in our conversation, like it's not just about teaching them and, and developing them as softball players, but as people too. So that's always important, especially when making a decision on where you want to go, like where you want to play and also who you guys as a team and organization want to bring into your family as well. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, um, my, it's, it's been great. I can't say enough. And I remember last year too, just in terms of the team culture, something that stuck with me, we chatted before one of the PAC 12 network broadcasts and you had described version four at the time as prize fighters because they know how to punch back they know how to come back from behind and also this element of of showing up when it really matters and peaking at the right time and you all right now too 
it's like towards the end of conference, right? You've been on a roll and it feels like that with version five as well. Do you think that's just a part of the culture uh, with Oregon softball? I think from the very beginning that we had, we had to fight, you know, we had some things that we had to deal with and it was just, it, it is what it is deal with it. And we did. And, um, just watching over the years, watching our culture and watching our leaders grow, um, watching our program grow. It's, it's been really, I don't know, as a coach to see things be put in place and, and then now starting to see these guys, um, at the end of their career, you know, the beginning of their career, we threw them in the fire, especially these fifth year seniors that we have right now. We threw them in the fire their first year. And then now as fifth years, just the leaders that they've become on and off the field. Um, it's been awesome to kind of sit back a little bit and, and let them just take over. Well, they've taken over TikTok in the past too, like the Haley Cruises of mm-hmm. the world. How, how do you feel about like your team going viral, I'll talk to sort of random people and they'll be like, oh yeah, I used to follow these softball players from Oregon that that are on TikTok all the time. And I think it's kind of a interesting way for softball to get exposure. Yeah, I, I think our athletes do a really good job of using their platforms. Um, you know, I think of um, using their platforms to kind of show a fun side of them through TikTok, but then to also use their platforms for, for various things. You know, I think Tara McGowan does a really, really good job of that. Um, you can see the the funny side of her, but then she also uses her platform for, you know, student athletes, mental health. Um, I thought Haley Cruz did a good job of using her flat platform for, for various things as well. Right. And it is, it's so interesting for softball players specifically, but it's mental health awareness month in May. Yeah. It's also mayhem, right? It's like mm-hmm. all the craziness of the season feels like it comes down into this sort of stretch that we have coming up. And is that something that the team really tries to stick together on and just manage throughout it all? I think these guys have done a really good job of, um, you know, as teammates, you know each other, you love each other. But I think it's like, do you want to be surface level or do you want to dig deeper? And I think these guys have done a really good job of digging deeper with each other and really paying attention to what the other is doing. You know, as student athletes, you it's easy to get caught up in your stress and your own world and, and trying to get through things throughout the week. And uh, they, they check in each other, check in with each other a lot. And um, uh, I like that. I think, I think that shows up on the field. You could see that these guys really, really like to play and to play for each other. And I think that shows up on the field because of the things that they do off the field. Hmm. Very true. I also would I would assume that the staff really helps with that too, because like I said in the beginning, like not just Sam Martyr, but you have Nikki and you have Alyssa Palomino Cardoza and you have Mariah Lopez on the mm-hmm. staff. Like what a good, first of all, representation of just softball nationally with like big 12, big 10, and of course, PAC 12 experience, mm-hmm. but just players where they can really relate. Like not only can they look up to them, but they can relate to them. And I feel like that is a really cool element of what you have going on in Eugene. I think that's really important. You know, when I first got here, I wanted to surround our athletes with with winners, with um, athletes, you know, student athletes that have played at the highest level and the toughest conferences, um, who've stood on the women's, you know, College World Series stage and competed for national championships um, because our athletes do look to them. And what I love is we have such a great variety of coaches. They're all 
excellent, excellent coaches. And I, I love that. Like just as technicians, excellent. But what I love more than that is the, the people, the women that they are. And everybody is so, so different. I mean, um, I think about Sam and, you know, she always she always keeps things light for all of us. Like she's so serious and uh, passionate about hitting and uh, being able to connect with all of our athletes. But then she's so lighthearted and she's always laughing. Um, you know, Alyssa Palomino Cardoza, she just got done a couple years. So, and, and Mariah Lopez. So they're able to really relate. There's things that those two relate to with our athletes that I just don't, I'm just older, you know, I've been done for a long time and, um, but they do. And so that I think they are the ones that really bridge our coaches and our players. They, they bridge, they keep that bridge strong. Um, Nikki, um, Udria, Reagan, you know, she just got done not too long ago as well. But what she does defensively with our athletes and um, just really teaching them on defense to just stand on their own and trust what they're doing and, and to take risks. Um, I love that about her. So I just think we have such a, um, I don't know, just a different group of women, which is great. You know, I have, I feel like I have a bunch of head coaches under me, which I love because I don't have to micromanage these guys and I don't want to micromanage. I, I want to trust that they know what they need to do and, and they can do it. And I think they all do it really well. But I just think the most important things is that the relationships that we have built as a coaching staff, but also that we've built with our athletes as well. Well, and that's the cool part too, is that you've, you were in their shoes. You talked about, for example, surrounding the the players with winners, mm-hmm. all these people that we're talking about, including yourself are winners, right. And know what it's like, but then also you're able to then equip them to do new things like the PAC 12 tournament. It's the first one ever mm-hmm. that's, that's coming up. And it means that nobody's done that before technically, right? Like within the PAC 12 and it'll be a new challenge for everybody and you all get to do that together. Yes, I think it's great. I'm so excited about the Pac-12 tournament. The Pac-12 conference is just ridiculous. It's so difficult. Just I say it all the time, but it's just every weekend we play a super regional, um, and it's just it's just crazy. But that's why we're all here, you know. To I think in order for you to be the best, you've got to be able to play the best and compete against the best, and that's what we're doing every weekend. So I think to add a Pac-12 tournament is going to be really good for all of us. Definitely. Your experience too in coaching conference tournaments, because for you, having done that at Oklahoma for a long time and obviously winning some national championships, where do you think that the conference tournament factors in to the whole experience leading up to postseason? Well, I think, um, you know, it's funny, uh, like for us, I thought it was important that we have a really strong non-conference season, because if we don't, we will not be prepared uh, for the pack. I think it's important that we play, obviously, a really difficult Pac-12 uh, conference because then it allows us to get prepared for postseason. I, th- I think what the the Pac-12 tournament is going to do, you know, I think every team, whether we like it or not, is going to be prepared, you know, for postseason. But I just think it gives you just a little bit more of a taste before you get into that regional tournament. Um, just a little more opportunity, you know. So I, I think it's going to be really good. Um, it, we're having it at, at 
the U of A for the first year. And, um, you know, I know they're going to be celebrating a lot of the, the former Pac-12 athletes as well, which they absolutely should. So it's I think it's going to be a really, really cool tournament. Definitely. I'm excited for when you all get to host it eventually at the Jane, mm-hmm. too. That'll be that'll be really fun and really exciting. <laughs> Well, I think with the the Pac-12 tournament too, the exposure piece seems like it could be really helpful too. Just leading up to selection show Sunday, you know, I know that in a day-to-day basis, it's like as a team, you're just trying to focus on the the task at hand, the opponent at hand, trying to win games day-to-day. But in the big picture in terms of selection show and the brackets and all of that stuff, do you see the Pac-12 tournament being able to bring some momentum to the conference? I do. You know, we're in the past, we're, we're finishing our um, season and other conferences have already finished their season. And then you're feeling the excitement of their tournaments. And I think it gives us an opportunity to be doing the same thing and being caught up in, in our own tournament as well. And, and um, you know, for the softball world to be, as we're seeing them compete in their tournaments for the others to be able to see us do the same thing. So I think it'll create some really, really good exposure for us leading into postseason. Yeah. Having the championship and the semifinals on ESPN too. Super exciting to be able to see that. Yeah. The other thing too, is when things are going well for you all, what, is it that's helping you do that? And what kinds of conversations are you having with the team when things are going well? You know, I think it's when things are going well, we get to kind of sit back a little bit. I think it's all the work, you know, prior to that. Um, the, the biggest thing that we, you know, the conversations that we've had with this group this year is just to really um, to play, to remember why you play. You know, when we were little, we were not trying to get scholarships. We were not trying to go to all these different camps and clinics and get exposed. We're just playing the sport because we loved it. And I think sometimes as we get older, we start to lose that a little bit. So we've talked a lot about playing because we love the game. Um, Talked a lot about playing for the the athletes in front of us. So our alumni who um, were in front of us playing for the athletes, you know, that are next to us and then the athletes that will come from behind us. And that's something that's been really, really important to this group. It's such a special group of people that you're referring to, too, at, at Oregon. I'm thinking about like Janie Takeda Reed being inducted into the Pac-12 Hall of Honor, right, earlier for the first ever class earlier this season. And then even thinking about Ali Bunker then getting drafted by the WPF. I mean, what do those kinds of things do for your program? I, I think it just kind of it shows all the hard work, you know, like on game day, everybody gets to see you on game day, but they're not seeing what you're doing, um, you know, before game day. And I just think about Janie and how hard she's worked, you know, in her career um, academically, but then also just as, as an athlete and all the time that she's put in and then to be able to get that honor. What an unbelievable honor, you know, for her to play. Um, for Team USA, what an unbelievable honor. And, you know, she comes back to Eugene and our athletes get to meet her and talk with her and befriend her. And, you know, and there's this sisterhood that is created and they didn't even play together. So I think it's important. I love when our alumni come to, um, 
Eugene or we're on the road and we get to see them, I, I'm excited to see them. And then the first thing I want to do is just put them right in front of our team and, and get them to talk with our team. And what's really cool is our team is always like, tell us what you guys did when you were here. Like, what were things that you, like, they always, they're so intrigued by what did our former, like, what did our alumni do when they were here? What were little things, you know, as a team, they, they love it. So they're always, I, I love when our alumni come back. Yeah, I I get that. You know, the stories are, are fun because I feel like I remember when I was one of the players asking those questions and then mm-hmm. now being on the other side, being an alum but also hearing some of the older alums tell their stories when it was different from when I played. Right. And it's just this like chain where all the links continue and it's, it's a really cool thing and hard to explain unless you've actually experienced it. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's important. Our, our athletes should know the women who paved the road, you know, um, and that are in front of them, they need to know. And so I, any chance we can get, I'm all for it. hundred percent. Well, I keep talking to you all day long, but I know that we only have a few more minutes together. So with that said, to wrap up, I play a little game with everybody that comes on the show. It's really easy. It's called Safer Out. And basically, I'll bring up a softball topic. If you like it or you agree with it, you'll call it safe. If you don't, then you'll call it out. Okay. 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 (laughs) It's easy, I swear. Okay. You get to be the umpire for once. So there you go. Okay. so the first one is the safety bag at first base, safe or out? Safe. Mm. I think a lot of, I feel like a lot of coaches would agree with you, or at least that's the impression I get. Yeah, we, um, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if it eventually just, we, you know, across the board end up having it. Yeah, I have seen a couple of, you know, unintentional, but just like, tussles at first base. Like it just happens right in our game. So it's helpful to have that. Okay. That was the first one. Second one is NIL safer out safe. You answered that pretty quickly. Not that not some people do, but you know, some people also like kind of mull over it for a while, but you seem confident. Yeah. I just think, um, you know, our athletes, I think the platforms that they have, while they're in college and they have opportunity um, for those platforms and I'm all for it. And it's funny cause I'm kind of old school. So at first when this all came about, I was kind of thinking the other way, but then just the more that I've seen it, I think are, you know, athletes, if they have an opportunity, good for them. Right. Right. Makes sense. All right. The last one is bat flips safer out. <sighs> I'd say out. I'm just old school. Like yeah. to me, you do, it, you do it every day. You don't need a bat flip. But then, yeah. like I said, I'm old school where my son is a, a high school baseball player and he's like, oh, that bat flip was like the best I've ever seen. So who knows? <laughs> Would you, are you okay with general celebration, like a fist pump or? Oh, for know. sure. I love yeah. the emotion of the game. I'm all for it. I'm all yeah. for it. Yeah, we just don't need to check. I love it. I love the emotion. I feel like you're seeing more emotion. You know, lots of times you get into um, postseason and, you know, um, your season is on the line. So you see more emotion. But I feel like as our sport every year, you just the emotion is there from the first game to the last. So I love it. I love it. The big moments for sure. Well, thank you, Coach. This was this was awesome. I'm super excited to see you all in the tournament as well. I'll be there in Tucson, so hopefully I can come say hi in person. Yeah, definitely. We'd love to see you. 
crazy time of year to talk with Missy because, you know, they're in mission mode. And it's not that they weren't already. Obviously, they were, but this is a new season. So the mission has evolved a little bit. And Oregon is one of several Pac-12 teams that has had an upward trajectory over the last few years. And I'm just excited that I got to chat with her during version five. So with that, let's transition to the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about being a thermostat and not a thermometer. You're probably like, what does that mean? I heard this concept at Stanford Senior Day this past weekend. I mentioned I went. Coach Alistair was describing one of the seniors, Tatum Boyd, and said that between a thermometer and a thermostat, she is definitely the latter. Well, what does that mean? Thermometers tell you what the temperature is, right? But thermostats let you pick the temperature you want, regulate it, manage it, make it get to where you want it to go. And on some of the pre-broadcast calls that I had this year with Coach Alistair, she has referred to Tatum as the heartbeat of the team. And this is part of the reason, because players who can read the situation and push not just themselves, but their teammates toward their shared goal, they're invaluable. And one of the harder things for me personally, honestly, is to know when to push forward, when to pull back, and maybe when to do nothing. Because my default is just like, crank it up. But, but sometimes what's going to get you closer to that goal or wherever it is you're trying to go is to turn it down or even turn it off. So to be able to do that with a group and know what the team needs and your teammates need, that's a specific skill within leadership. And this might be a familiar concept to people, but the analogy specifically was new to me and I loved it. And I feel like it's more applicable than ever during tournament season, like when things are on the line, pressure super high. So it's one of those things where it's like, let's not just see what happens like a thermometer, but let's set the goals and move toward them like a thermostat. So that's it. Be a thermostat. That's the foul tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball, part of Believe Network and presented by Bet Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, wherever you listen, including Believe.com and YouTube too. Subscribe to the show, rate the show, and if you liked it, write a review. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. You can reach out to me personally on Twitter at JennaBacero01 and Instagram at JennaBacero as well. As always, thank you for tuning in and catch you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.